Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Proudly brought to you by Cheese Links, bringing cheese and yogurt making to your kitchen. Cheeselinks.com.au Hi everyone and welcome to another edition of Food Bites with Sarah Patterson. My name is not Sarah Patterson. My name is Kevin Hillier. Lucky for you, Kevin. Philip Hillier, no less. Thank you very much. Welcome to another edition of the uh, program, Sarah Jane Patterson. <laughs> Kevin, Philip, Eugene. Not a lot of You know, I must admit, I actually like the fact that there wasn't a lot of imagination when mm. my parents were picking my name in terms of coming up with Aardvark, Von Strappenhausen, uh, Hillier. You know what I mean? You reckon there wasn't a lot of imagination with your name? Try Sarah Jane on for size. <laughs> but now it's like, uh, you know, I mean, my daughter's name is Kelly and, and did, yes. the, uh, did the K-double-L-I-E, yes. which at that stage was like, oh, Whoa. why'd you spell it like that? Cutting edge, different. Now you get K-L-Y-E, mm. K-Y, it's just, uh, it's a nightmare trying to spell people's mm. names these days. Kylie, K-Y-L-Y. Kylie, yes, Michael yeah. Clark's ex-missus. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, but so, we digress. Yeah, we do. Mick <laughs> Thomas, there's a couple of good names for you and a terrific ripping bloke that he is, uh, the uh, the founding member, of course, of Weddings, Parties, Anything. What a band they were. Yeah, and he's uh, got a lot of uh, foodie tales to tell. Yes, he has. And we'll talk to him very shortly. He's our guest uh, this week on the program. But, of course, a reminder about our very good friends at Cheese Links. Cheese and yoghurt making is the nectar of the gods. <laughs> and it's easier than you think. Cheeselinks.com.au. That's how easy it is to start. Mm. From there, you just look at all the gear that's available, look at all the uh, different ingredients, look at all the different uh, all bits different and pieces. cheeses you can make and yeah. then you can assemble your own uh, cheese platter. Well, you can actually make it from scratch. Speaking of funny names, who came <laughs> up with the names for cheese? <laughs> Sorry, who looks, who looks example, at that and goes, Camembert? The French. Or Havati. Uh, Do you know what I mean? Edom, Gouda. Baby Bell. Um, (laughs) Baby Cheeses. (laughs) The Baby Cheeses came up with the name Baby Bell. Of course. That's a statue made of Baby Bell cheese. Makes perfect sense to me. Uh, So just get on the the website. That's where the best place to start, seriously, is cheeselinks.com.au and then you'll find out everything you need to know. Yes, you will, Kevin. And if you then want to make an order, you can do it online or you could ring Janet on uh, 52821984. That's the number. Weddings, parties, anything. One of my favourite bands, Father's Day, is such a good oh, song. Monday's absolutely. Experts is a good song. Under the Clocks, he's written so many great songs. But we're not going to talk to him about any of that. We're going to talk to him about <laughs> food and all sorts of things. Mick Thomas is our guest here on Food Bites. You are listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier, brought to you by Cheese Links, bringing cheese and yogurt making to your kitchen. Cheeselinks.com.au. Thanks for joining us on the Food Bites podcast. Is the kitchen somewhere where you spend a lot of time, Mick? It is. It is, actually, because uh, it's one of those things just for years you sort of go away on tour and you get home and it's just a you know a little return to normality just to get in the kitchen and do stuff. And it, it kind of makes you welcome back in the house, too, when you've been away for a while. But if you, you know, feel like coming in and cooking, some of the stuff that you've uh, maybe experienced when you've been away, yeah. Uh, so it's a little sure. bit of therapy in that way. Yeah. For sure. So what yeah. kind of things would you be likely uh, to knock up? Look, we've got a, a young kid. Uh, she's eight years old and she's, um, I think, on the spectrum of, you know, um, zero to ten, you know, <laughs> of um, acceptance of food. She's probably, you know, maybe a, about a six or a seven. She's not too bad, but you still got to try and, um, you know, find some ways to, disgu- uh, to um, disguise the vegetables and get them in there. So. <laughs> 
I'm always sort of very aware of that, just trying to get her to eat, you know, sort of somewhat healthy. Uh, were you a steak so, and veg th- uh, as, a, as a kid, Mick? Not so much steak and veg. I mean, and without trying to, you know, um, take on any of our strings, we, we, like we kind of could it just wasn't, it wasn't even an issue, you know. Like we, um, I can still remember when we had a dog, we were at death for following the time, and at this block, and this, this woman who was better off than us, she gave out, she, she said, Oh, your dog might like it, and it was a snake. And my, and my dad said, The snake was probably a few days old, and dad, and my mum just went and dad eating it. Dad going, I'm not giving that to the dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it just occurred to me at that time that we, we we never really fed steak. We were like chops, chops and sausages were really yeah. our, our go in those days. Yeah, and and some overboiled vegetables. Yeah, oh yeah, cooked till they surrendered. Yeah, <laughs> and um, but look, the thing that in in defence of my mother's cooking, and I don't think she really loved cooking very much, but it was always balanced. You know, the, the it was all, so there was never this sense that. You could have sausages without vegetables, or you could have chops without vegetables. There was there was never that sense. So, so, so I think that's the one thing that that sort of came through for me is that is that food has to be balanced, you know. So, yeah. Um, yeah so, like, I, I, you know, I know the older I get, you know, the more sort of like a, a salad on the side of you know, if you have bolognese or something like that, that there's going to be a salad with it. You know, uh, is, is really important for me. Um, but yeah, with, with me as, as a cook. It, um, it's sort of about reusing food, you know. I still got that thing. I just hate wasting food, so mm. it's like, I, I, yeah. My my triumph is that you know the the bolognese that, that becomes a chili that becomes a shepherd's pie. You know, <laughs> like, I think yeah, food can go through three or four iterations, and and you know, have fresh stuff added to it at each step of the way. Then I, I reckon you're going okay. Look, I, I mean, my biggest thing is like when I'm just vegging out in front of the tally and just, just I will just watch the cooking channel at it an item, you know, like, I, so, I, yeah, but I mean, there's just people I, I like more than others. I mean, I love Rick Stein. I, I can just watch, watch him, you know, uh, interminably and, you know, but there's other people like, um, I think Adam Lee yeah, his books are really good, you know, and they're really practical and good, good books to, to, to use. Um, probably you else. What about like, Ni- Nigella Lawson style of oh, uh, cooking yeah, shows? No, <laughs> see, see I, I particularly don't like the way she cooks. Ah. Uh, and she's just so much butter and everything. Yeah. You know, like, you know, she, I mean, she just cooks, to me, restaurant food. And, and I mean, that's the real danger of it. Well, like when, especially when you travel and, and you constantly are eating out, is it, you know, you think, well, I'm trying to eat healthy, I'm trying to do this, I'm trying to do that. But restaurant food is, you know, it'll kill you ultimately because it's everything's just designed to taste good at that moment and not really have any sort of. So yeah, I, I actually really just don't like what she cooks so much. But um, uh, like I say, I, I like Rick Stein. There's a few others I I, I kind of tend to go to. There's a um on uh, Netflix. There's a the street food. Uh, yeah. it's called that's a really good series. Um, um, everyone likes David Thompson. Um, They've got he, some fantastic really ones going around. And Kevin and I used to have a date night watching River Cottage with Paul West. We love yeah, that one. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's about using what's on hand too. Mm. You know, which is which is a, a really good thing. You know, like I, I mean, I, 
probably it's during the pandemic, you know, I mean, I got a lot of, lot of laughs out of uh, uh, Nate. I don't know his last name. He's a South Australian dude. Uh, that's what I reckon. Oh, he's, yes, you know, he's, yes, he's yeah. it's wonderful. Really, really, yeah. really, really good. funny, yeah. But, but I really would take issue with him. Like, yeah, he had to, I, I know I kept going back to Bolognese, but uh, he had this thing about, oh, you don't put Zucchini in. I go, so, mate, you have a kid, you're going to put anything in that yeah, yeah, you can exactly. get away with. If you can get a vegetable in there that your kid doesn't recognise, then you're going to do it. Bolognese um, is the ultimate uh, place to hide uh, stuff in. And you're right that it sure is. You can keep recycling it because the more you, uh, the longer you keep bolognese, the uh, the more the flavours intensify and the better it becomes. It it, it sure is. And uh, yeah, this way it's getting more stuff in there. And uh, yeah, look, I'm I'm sort of thinking, look, I'm finding our kid, you know, like she likes a hamburger that we cook. So we cook a hamburger. Her hamburger is, you know, a nice bun. I, I make these burgers up, right? And I sort of make them up and I squirrel some vegetables into them, right? So I make up a whole lot of patties, freeze them. And then she has that and she has avocado and cheese. You know, that's her burger right there. She sort of got with her cousins right? and they went and they pulled into McDonald's but she's never been to McDonald's, right? Uh-huh. And she <laughs> says, and she says, they said, what sort of burger? Uh, what do you want? She said, I want a burger. And I said, what sort of burger? And she said, an avocado burger. <laughs> oh, my God, I brought the house down. But the great thing was, this is the great thing. They did that, then they did, oh, this is a great thing. Get, get your chips and you dip them in your sundae. Right? And she came home and she just, I mean, and I shouldn't take any joy in my child being sick, but she was relentlessly uh. vomited, vomited uncontrollably. And now she does not want to go to McDonald's in a million years. I go, Result. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, hey, um, Mick. Obviously, the last couple of years have been hard yards for everyone, but never more so for for people in your industry and the the live music industry. I mean, how how are things been uh, for you? Oh, look, uh, up and down. It's you just got to keep trying stuff, and it just keeps getting dashed, and it's 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 really hard. I mean, look, I mean, the, the saviour for me has been. You know, I've got some good people in the band and we've made some records and done all this stuff in isolation. So, you, you know, you're sitting in a studio and someone sends you a file and you put another instrument on it and you send it back to them. And it's been a nice way to sort of stay kind of connected. But, you know, it's only in lieu of actually getting back and playing. And, look, it's been really hard. I won't, you know, sugarcoat it. It's just, you know, because, it, I mean, I still make my living from playing music. I mean, that's what I do, you know. I don't do anything else. I mean, oh, I run a bar, which programs music, so go figure. (laughs) (laughs) I I got it, uh, I sort of got it both ways, really. So, um, and and it only makes you evaluate what you want to do, you know, and and what I want to do, I like playing music with other people and it's really, it's it's been tough, you know. Um, But, you know, like it makes you appreciate the people you play with and, you know, their, their support and camaraderie and, uh, you know, when you do sort of get into the room and get to play with them or, you know, I've, we, I've sort of done a few little tours. But, you know, and the other, I mean, the great thing that I've been able to hang my hat on in terms of the career is that I have a national profile yep. and that I go interstate. You know, I can play yeah. in Darwin, I play in Queensland. But you know, all of a sudden you're down. I haven't been to Perth for three years, you know, mm. and Perth's my probably strongest market, you know. So I've still got, like, you know, a bunch of um, tickets there at, um, you know, one of the ticketing companies for, for a show that's been sold out 
know, for two years. And oh, it's like, well. I can't touch that money. Yet, the airlines have got 15000 bucks of mine for yeah. airfares that haven't been used, you know. And it's like, so, it, you know, the, the financial strain's there, but it, it's more just that feeling of like, well, this is what I've done. This is what, how I've set up my career. And I've been prepared to, you know, take the, the slings and arrows of that, you know, that it's not always great, but it's, it's what I want to do. Um, and all of a sudden, you're not even able to do what you used to be able to do. So, yeah, look, it's tough, you know. I just want to, want to do some gigs. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of part of your DNA, isn't it, playing live and, and, and being out there and doing that? Yeah, it is. It is. And, you know, and I'm, well, like, like I say, it, it mightn't be the, the, the greatest life and it's, it, and it's tough on, on a family and it's, you know, um, but it's kind of what I do, you know, and it's, uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Is it, is it ever going to come back the way it was? That's, that, that's the, yeah. that's the big question, isn't it? You know, like, um, yeah, look, I, I know the, the girl in our band, she's going over, she's going to Ireland in March for a couple of weeks. She's a little over there and, and I'm looking at it going, wow, you know, yeah, she's kind of rolling the dice. <laughs> okay, well, all right. I'm really interested to see how you go, you know, because it's, um, you know, that was like, uh, you know, every year I tend to go to sort of, you know, either go to North America or go to Europe and do a, a run. It might be three, four, five weeks, you know, and then, I don't know, like I, I was sort of trying to keep it, you know, under 100 gigs a year. And, but, you know, like you look at a year and you go, I think I did 14 last year. Yeah, jeez. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, but, you, but you talk about, um, also about not not just I mean in terms of um, your career, but just uh, being a human being. And we're all in Melbourne, and we were subject to the some of the longest lockdowns in the world. And I think you spoke just recently about just even just getting out of the house was a novelty to go down to the mm. Mornington Peninsula. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And like even from living in Northcote, you know, and you go, you know, well, why you live in Northcote? Well, there's all these places I can walk to, all these great restaurants and bars and stuff. But, you know, you're sort of looking at your favourite restaurant and they're, and they're trying to sell some takeaway, you know, and, and all of a sudden the takeaway containers are building up in the kitchen. And, you know, <laughs> I, I, and it's one of the things that we've, I think we've given our daughter, yeah, she's eight years old, but she just eats, she eats at a restaurant a couple of times a week and she just, yeah, just brings her colouring book and sits there and, you know, um, she knows how to wrap up the spring rolls in the in the lettuce and the mint and, you know, then each spring rolls from outside the lettuce and the mint but can fall back in the plate but she knows that's what you do and um, she and she likes going to those restaurants and she knows those places and all of a sudden, you know, and just to watch them just become takeaway joints, is, uh, it's, it's gut-wrenching. <laughs> it really is. A, yeah. yeah at, at the height of it, you know, just, oh, my God. Was it a good time to write songs? Did you find it, uh, or, or was it? Uh, that yeah, I got I got plenty of plenty of stuff done. Yeah, it's, it's been productive in in that that, that sort of way in terms of me conceiving records and and doing stuff. So yeah, like it hasn't been time totally wasted, and you know, and it's like it's been really good to sort of hang out with your kid and stuff like that and do stuff. So that's you know, it's not it's not totally time wasted, and yeah, you kind of. Guess we'll remember this time, won't we? You know, yeah, hard, <laughs> oh, we hard, sure to, hard to forget yeah. it. Hey, um, Mick, you live in in the coffee capital of Australia. Are you a coffee drinker? Oh, I sure am. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm not. Look, I'm not. I just don't want to be a coffee snob. If someone's just got a plunger or whatever, yeah, you're fine. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I, I don't. Ha- it hasn't. Have- I mean, I think yeah, when it's good, it's great. And uh, 
but I just I just don't want to become like a complete, you know. Well, do you have an Nescafe <laughs> or an instant it. if it's the only thing on offer? Uh, probably. There's a point at which I'll... Uh, there we go. We found it. We've drawn the line yeah, in the sand. Yeah, just, there, there is, yeah. I mean, I do. I do think it's not that hard to... But, yeah, look, when I go to America, you go to America and you go, how can you get it so wrong? You know, yeah, like, um, we've heard that. I mean, yeah, the coffee rubbish. You know? yeah. But having said that, I watch studio coffee, which tends to be like... Um, uh, filter coffee, you know, like they yeah. tend to put on a jug, and I, and I kind of become attracted to that kind of that coffee that's sitting there that's just a little bit burnt and a bit stale, <laughs> because it, that, that to me I just associate that with being in recording studios, and I, and I still have this, you know, um, as as my career has gone on over this period, technology has sort of dictated that a lot of music is made in not studio settings, you know, whereas I, I kind of really like being in a studio, so I really associate. Like filter coffee, yeah, you know, in, in a, you know, you know, what do you call it? Like a jug that's on a warmer that gets just a bit burnt, a bit stale. Yeah. I just associate that with studios, and uh, so I, I kind of really like that sort of coffee. So I guess that's the sort of coffee they serve in America because they're lazy. Yeah. Mm. What about a sweet tooth uh, to go with your your burnt coffee? <laughs> no, not not so much. No, no. Um, I think I got into a bit of trouble when. Coming out of my teens, uh, my, my teeth were quite chalky. I, I, I was quite sick when I was young, and um, I had some sort of medication, and my teeth were quite chalky. And mm. I just I hit on that realization that um, you know it, I had to make a pretty strong decision to consciously not not have a sweet tooth. So yeah, not not really that big on it. So. Okay. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. So you're more of a you're more of like a cheese platter person. Well, unless it's tinged, with, I mean, I tend to like sort of craft beer, which is kind mm. of quite often. Sweet, you know, so that's yeah. the, the, the worst thing about, um, yeah, cheese platter, uh, decent beer, um, yeah, that's my my go for sure. Speaking of uh, of beer, and tell us about your involvement in um, the hotel industry. Um, yeah, look, I've just always liked venues and and pubs that that I that I think are sort of well run and creatively run, and that's always been like um, a, a given for me that I would get involved, you know, so. Even from quite early on, you know, I found myself, you know, um, when we first moved to Sydney, we lived at the Hopeton and then when I moved back to Melbourne, I lived above the Punters Club for, for a few years and then, you know, um, as time went on, I sort of got involved in a few pubs and bars and uh, um, basically at the moment I'm sort of a partner in the, a little you know, hole in the wall in Westgarth in Northcote, which is called uh, the Merry Creek Tavern yeah. with a couple of other guys and yeah, it's just a... A little little bar, you know. So it's not it's not like a beer bar by any any means, but you know, that three taps and you know, um, one sort of revolves pretty uh, generally. But yeah, you know, it's sell a lot of wine. Um, at you know, pre pandemic, it was you know six seven nights a week music and and you know, like I I, I could sort of find you probably a, a flyer from you know my favourite week, and it would it would be like. We had life drawing on a Monday night. Tuesday night would be a poetry slam. Uh, Wednesday, Wednesday night would be like a, a an, yeah an interview session. Thursday, Friday would be you know uh, just rock bands. And Saturday afternoon would be old time music. And Sunday would be Greek music. You know, like a, a, that, to me that would be the, the best week we ever ran. You know, you know what I mean. And that was, but then you know um, have a little bit you know to have a little back room that holds sixty people. 
Yeah. Well, that's just not a not a place where people want to be at the yeah, moment, that's um, and that's totally fair enough. I can, you know, if, if people are nervous about coming out, I, I think that's totally fair enough, you know. So, um, and then so then what you find is you're battling a landlord to mm. try and reopen a you know a, a, a window cavity that got bricked up, you know, twenty yeah. years before you took the venue, and you're saying, well, can we open this and make it a window again? Because if we just need airflow in this place, and you're battling some recalcitrant landlord who. Yeah. Thinks that she's right to sit there, you know, through a pandemic collecting rent when you're yeah. not open, you know. So, yeah, look, it's tough. It's a business and it's tough. And Brings out the best and worst it, in people, that's yeah, for sure. Does, yeah. yeah, look, look, yeah. And I, I just like being involved and, you know, it's hospitality is its own thing. And, you know, like um, the kind of patience and the, you know, just the resilience of people in, in hospitality who are good at it, it's, 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 um, it's mind boggling to see that, you know, the hours that someone is prepared to work and can work, you know. Um, For the money they finish up making up out of it, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. Mm. It is. It's, it's, it's a most commendable bloody uh, uh, vocation. Hey, you That's you, it. you got your band back on the road to, for some for some gigs now? You actually are going to jump out and yeah, do some yeah, country we're gigs? Out, we're out and playing, yeah, yeah, we're out and playing. We've got some regionals coming up and uh, the Webs are going to play the, the festivals in, you know, sort of um, – in March, February, and March, and then yeah, then we're back out in April and May. So, look, you know, on on paper it looks pretty good. You know, I'll just see see what happens with it. But on, on paper, it's looking pretty good. Yeah. Now I don't know with we gave you a heads up on this one, but if you're having a dinner party and you can invite anybody, dead or alive, who would who would who would who would you invite to the Merry Creek Tavern to sit around your table and break and do bread some with life you? drawing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> that might be a different bunch know. of people. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, oh, god. Um, I guess. Um, the British author Patrick Lee Fermer was always a, a, a imagine sort of hanging out with that guy. He's a very funny guy, you know. Apparently, um, I would think uh, I could sit across the table from Helen Mirren oh. any day. Um, <laughs> you and me, so both. could Kevin. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, oh God. Um, who would you like playing? Uh, who would you like playing in the corner of the room, <laughs> just on a guitar, just playing some songs? Who Who is that person uh, for you? Probably Ray Davies from the Kings oh. or Chrissy Hind. I want to say they were a couple, but uh, yeah. you know, I, I, I listened to Williams. I think was um, she's written a, a lot of albums that I I listen to pretty regularly. Um, uh, who else do I? We put you on the spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's all right. Um, no, apologies I mean, for that. I think Hank Williams, um, you know, mm. I don't, don't think he wrote too many bad ones. Um, and I, yeah, I think that gives you oh, – Noel Coward, of course. Ah, there you go, yes. That would be a very interesting evening, that yeah, one, especially with Helen yeah, Mirren yeah. in the mix too. And you not pouring the beers because apparently you're not a very good beer pourer. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> I'm not great. I'm just like the world's uh, oldest uh, trainee barman, really. <laughs> hey, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Go on. No. No, I was going to say, we well, usually just to uh, to wrap up, you sound like you're pretty handy in the kitchen. We normally ask our guests if they have a kitchen or a cooking tip. Um, <laughs> geez, I can't really think of one, really. I mean, I, I, I think that the, the one, without trying to sound like I'm, Promoting a product, but I think 
when I discovered, uh, I think it's Marcel um, stock cubes, yeah. was kind of like a, t- a turning point for me. Really, is it? It just kind of meant that I didn't have to be sort of trying to make stock or have liquid stock there. That just as soon as the as soon as I realised that Marcel stock cubes were a thing, um, I think my, my cooking definitely jumped up a notch. So, I reckon yeah. that's a terrific tip. I love yeah. the Marcel, and I I actually buy yeah. the um the container, and I just use a teaspoon, so you don't have to unwrap the uh, the stock cubes. Well, and you know what, they've got these Marcel just branched into like they, they do Asian ones now, yeah. so they do a fur, a fur, and a laxa, and this, uh, I think it's called Rafam, this uh, an Indian soup one. And they're fantastic. Yeah, yeah, like, they are. They're really decent, you know. Like, and well, all right. I'll say my tip is, I always take them on, on tour with me. I always have <laughs> one in my bag because if you're bored somewhere and, and you're, you're stuck and you're not going to get a, get a meal, at least you can have like just an okay sort of uh, cup of soup. You know? Yeah, like a, a thinking person's cup of soup. I guess is what have myself yeah. stock cube will travel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, good I'll, on you. I'll, I'll, yeah, good on you, Mick. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for spending some time with us, mate. Really appreciate it. And uh, Mick Thomas is roving commission out and about, and uh, and uh, coming soon to a venue near you, hopefully. Yes, exactly. Hopefully. Good, good on, on you, mate. Thank thanks, you. Thanks for your time. Appreciate thanks it. Thanks for your time. You are listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Brought to you by Cheese Links, bringing cheese and yogurt making to your kitchen. Cheeselinks.com.au. There you go, Mick Thomas. Go and check him out. Uh, he'll be up behind the bar pouring very bad beers at the Mary Creek Tavern in uh, Northcote. What an interesting uh, journey he's had. I mean, we all have these last two years, but um, as we've seen and when we've spoken to people who are in the music industry, just to see how it's uh, impacted oh. their lives, it's um, it's very sad and it's very challenging. And um, for someone like uh, Mick who just lives to to sing live, it's, you know, it's it's got to be unimaginably They're hard. the first ones and uh, they're the first ones that we ask to help out in times yeah. of trouble when we have a bushfire appeal or we have a flood appeal or we have any sort of appeal. They're the first ones to put their hands up and give their time and they're the last ones that have been helped in this pandemic and that's that's yeah. not good. Now, Mick has a website, mickthomas.com, and on there you'll find all the dates for his band. We talked about these gigging again. He's, in fact, gigging on February the 11th at the Castlemaine Hotel hey. at the Theatre Royal in Castlemaine. Good uh, old so Central Victoria. Mick Thomas's Roving Commission. They're out and about at Macedon, at uh, Ballarat, at Castlemaine and at Achikamoema. So jump on mickthomas.com and you'll get all the details oh, of, of nice the dates. some nice venues right there. Yeah, lovely, lovely parts of the world to be mucking around in. <laughs> now, let's, oh. let's get to it. Now, well, not controversial this one, but just... I found really difficult to choose. Well, it's a bit random, isn't it? A, a choice of bars. Um, and not the ones that Mick pulls bad beers at. <laughs> not them. These are the Scorch Peanut Bar. The Scorch Peanut Bar had a revival recently. I think it went, um, you know, uh, off the radar for quite a few years, mm. but it has returned now. I think you mostly can get it in servos. Yep. Uh, but we've put that up against the old uh, jawbreaker, the good old Choo Choo Bar, which Choo-choo. is the hard licorice bar. Oh, yeah. Yeah, remember those. So uh, Charlie has said, uh, when I was going to radio school in the mid-1970s, a scorched peanut bar was my treat on the train ride home. I like that. George off Twitter says uh, they'd last a whole lunch break at school. Cheap. Which one? Choo-choo. Oh. Uh, Inflexible digger. No. Scorched peanut. Uh, Matthew Sigley, uh, son of, yeah. uh, says Scorch Peanut Bar, hands down, so glad they've started making them yeah, again. Yeah, a lot of people have said that. Oh, croaky. 
you guys are becoming very, very mean, Kevin. I didn't come up <laughs> with this I one. know. If I was a little bit younger, I'd be undergoing a right royal meltdown, having to decide between these two treats. I'd probably weaken for the scorch peanut bar, but... You'd uh, both be on the blacklist. <laughs> That's us. Uh, shrapnel tangerine. Oh, these are these fabulous Twitter names handles. that you get. Uh, like choosing your favourite child, an impossible task. Oh, I didn't think it would be that hard. Lena Mercedes scorched by a street. Mark Stevens says scorched, then daylight. <laughs> ben Dobson, only a winner are the dentists. That's what, yeah, especially if you <laughs> hook into the choo-choo bar. Uh, Stephen says scorched peanut. Uh, don't recall ever wanting or mm. eating a choo-choo bar. Yeah, same live, here. Stephen. Same here, Stephen. Sue says scorched peanut bar, yum. Rebecca says both. Cherie Dodson, choo-choo bars for sure during my year 12 school days. I would stop at the milk bar and buy choo-choo bars and redskins for the train trip from Yarraville to Altona. It took me a year to lose that weight, Actually, LOL. Would it, would it take me a year to eat a choo-choo bar and a redskin? I love that memory. Uh, Terry Daniel says, uh, can you still buy choo-choo bars? Is this a Victorian thing? I believe they're nationwide, the yeah, choo-choo. Yeah, no, sure. Well, most of my growing up, uh, you was were Queensland. Done, was, was in Queensland and we had, we had both. You had choo-choos, yeah. yeah. We had choo-choo Patricia says choo-choo bars. Great, but not when you have braces on your teeth. Mm, can see that. Sue says uh, choo-choo bar. Sue Hosking, neither. Hate licorice and the peanut bars were so hard you'd break your teeth eating it. Oh, <laughs> you're a fair party pooper, Sue. Uh, Silvana <laughs> says choo-choo. Especially if you put them in the fridge. <laughs> choo-choo. Oh, no, never put choo-choo bars in the fridge. No, no, I, th- I meant scorched peanut bar. Oh, yeah. yeah. You do at the start but then you get them mm. out quick. Oh. Uh, Michelle, we're up to choo-choo bar. Yes. Nikki Elliott says, two moments from my childhood, my black teeth moments were more numerous than my peanuts between the teeth. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Julie says, no, pass on both. Darren says, such a tough decision. And Wayne says, these two bars were both staples at mm. Christmas time in my youth oh. as they were harder than Rick McCosker in the centenary test. <laughs> Just oh. a little a little memory there. You'll go oh. Rick McCosker with his jaw all wired up and yeah. everything. Uh, and actually stood a chance of lasting past Boxing Day, unlike the English top order. Mm. However, the might of the scorched peanut bar triumphs over mm. the squid ink coloured rectangle of misery. Oh, you did well to get that out. That is the choo-choo bar. <laughs> if you got scorched peanut bars, it meant you'd been good. If you got the licorice-flavoured bar of despair, it meant your parents didn't love you and you probably were unwanted. <laughs> I would rather take a late-night pee at Oscar Pistorius's house oh. <laughs> than eat anything licorice-flavoured, oh. oh. let alone boil, the boil on the butt of the confectionery world that the choo-choo bar is. Mm. Viva la Scorch peanut bar. And I'm with Wayno. I would take the uh, Scorch peanut bar any day over the choo-choo bar. That said, I'm, I've never been a licorice fan. I think uh, I said it on, on the Twitter feed and on the uh, Facebook feed, um, the young me would have immediately gone for the choo-choo bar. There was mm. something about a choo-choo bar when you were a kid mm. that you wanted. I, mm. I, I think it was partly because your parents didn't want you to eat them more than anything else because, A, they blackened your teeth and yep. you got on you got them on your clothes and stuff. Yeah, still they were a big memory from my childhood and mm. the scorched peanut bar along with the uh, the White Knight was a big uh, childhood chocolate bar I, memory. I lo- well, that was the same. That was the, white, yeah. that was the white version of the choo-choo bar. Yeah, yep. and yeah, and a bit of a jaw breaker oh, as well. The, <laughs> the White Knight, though, got a little more sort of twangy and it, uh, yeah. it, it it was better than the But you gave your that. jaw a real workout. Oh. By the time you'd managed to uh, work that uh, that minty inside into something pliable, 
your jaw was aching. Well, wasn't you could have been a stand-in for Jaws in the movie yeah. by the time you got that going. So, uh, thanks for all the contributions yes. on our uh, on our we Friday food poll. Uh, there'll be a new one up this week, so make sure you uh, get involved in that one. And thanks again uh, to our friends at cheeselinks.com.au. That's the best place to start. If you want to get into cheese making, jump on that uh, website Absolutely. and all will be revealed. Thanks to Mick Thomas uh, for his time. Don't forget yes. to check out mickthomas.com and you can check out the gigs that he's playing and uh, Father's Day is still a great song. That is That's a great right. song. What gigs will you be playing in the near future, Kevin? I'll be uh, cleaning the kitchen. I'll be... <laughs> <laughs> Cooking the tea. Cooking the tea, yes, always. Yes, doing the laundry. Yes, I'm on the circuit. Don't you worry about That's that. That's right. You're very well trained. Until the next time, uh, happy eating. Thanks for listening to Food Bites. Check out our Facebook page and Twitter for recipes, tips and all the latest news. That's Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Brought to you by Cheese Links. Bringing cheese and yoghurt making to your kitchen. All you need to know at cheeselinks.com.au.